Jesus. Praise the Lord, church. How many knows there's no amount of money in this world that can compare to the goodness of God? Tonight, my soul is full of joy and happiness. But my soul is also full of a little sadness also. I got word last night that a a good pastor friend of mine um, and our family, my grandpa on my dad's side of the family called me last night and asked me to come preach for him on Sunday. Because the pastor and his wife have COVID, Um, his wife is not in very good condition, Um, they're doing okay, Um, so if you could just remember the McCullough family in your church, or in your prayers I mean, remember their church. But tonight before we get into the word, I want to give honor to the pastor and the first lady of this church, I know she just went downstairs. But I believe given honor where it needs to be. We have a wonderful, wonderful pastor and his wife, our first lady. I want to give honor to our worship team tonight. Even though we're a small church and we just started out about five years ago, I believe not to boast a little bit, but I think we got one of the best worship teams in the state of Indiana. For people that hasn't been playing together for very long, we can we can pick up a song pretty quickly when our primary piano player's out. Um, we at least have a backup, Sister Laney. She said tonight she was feeling a little nervous. Well, I want to tell her tonight her nervousness, she is not alone. I'm right there with her. But if you ain't nervous, you ain't doing it for the right reason, Amen. Anybody ready to have some fun tonight? If you could, turn into your Bibles in the book of Exodus, the 13th chapter. We're going to be reading from verse 17 through 22. Tonight we're going to be talking about the plagues that God put upon Egypt. When you get to the passage, just say amen. If you don't have your Bibles tonight, the words will be provided on the screen. If you're looking at the screen, say, I'm a cheater. So let's get into the word tonight, the, the book of Exodus, the 13th chapter, the 17th verse. It reads like this, and it come to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near for God said, lest preadventures the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt, and Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn that the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones. Away hence with you. And they took their journey from Sakoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, 
to go by day and night, he took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Tonight, I want to focus your attention on the 17th verse in this chapter. And it reads, and it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them out through the way of the land of the Philistines. Although that was near for God said, lest preadventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. Tonight, I want to preach, teach on this topic, plagues versus repent. If we could, go ahead and lay our Bibles down. Let's give a hand clap of praise unto the Lord. Lift your voices up tonight. Let's usher in the presence of the Lord in this place. Lord, we love you tonight. We praise you tonight. Lord, we magnify you. Lord, we just ask that you just bless this word tonight. Bless each and every soul that's came through the thresholds of this place, Lord. Lord, we ask that you just apply the blood upon the doorpost of every single life that's in this place tonight. Lord, we ask that you touch every single person spiritually and naturally, Lord. Bless each and every soul. Bless each and every child to every adult, Lord, that's in this place tonight. Let me be a conduit of your word and let me feed your people what you want them to hear. In Jesus' name. Amen. In the book of Exodus, we're looking at the matter of Moses being called by God to go back to Egypt. And at this time, Moses is about 80 years old, and he's been through a lot. He's been called by God to go back to a place that he was terrified to ever go back into. Anybody been in a place where you're terrified to go? Anybody? Come on, we're going to have fun tonight. I'm not going to lie, my place that I do not like to go is in the basement of this church when it is dark and the lights are shut off. <laughs> you see me running like a little kid coming up the stairs, tripping and falling because I think somebody's behind me. Seen too many scary movies in my life. But you see, God is bringing out a promise that he has made to the patriarchs of Israel, which is that he was going to give them a land filled with milk and honey the Israelites have been giving or been living in this land of Egypt for about 400 years at this time. Man, what would it be like to see 400 years on earth? But much of this time being in bondage, Pharaoh rose up against the children of Israel because they began to multiply. See, this is what happens to God's people. God's people begin to multiply. They are blessed. They are the people that have the favor of God upon them. And when this happens, the enemy is intimidated. This intimidates people that do not want to be in covenant with the Lord. This is the same reason why sometimes the people of God suffer from persecution. See, this is not something we are going to be discouraged by. Because we know the land or the Lord is always with us and takes us through exactly what we need to go through. You see, tonight, I'm sure many of you Bible scholars have heard about the plagues of Egypt, and tonight I want to focus just a little bit on the plagues of Egypt. God sends Moses to tell Pharaoh to let my people go, but he in fact tells Moses to tell Pharaoh to let my firstborn go. You see, that is important because at the end of the plagues, the firstborn is the last plague that is brought about. And the firstborn is the one who is targeted in that last plague. And God says that Israel 
is going to be his firstborn son. And he wants the Israelites out of Egypt, so Pharaoh's heart is hardened at this time. The ten plagues in the book of Exodus is a very unique way of God saying, He is the only God. You see, these ten plagues in Egypt, they are totally different than every other nation. They are a nation that creates their own gods. But you see, the ten plagues in the book of Exodus is a very unique way of God saying He is the true God. The Israelites believed God existed and worshipped Him, but they doubted that He could, would break them out of the yoke of bondage. You see, sometimes we become like the Israelites when we get the news from the doctor that we have cancer. Sometimes we get like the Israelites when we can't get out of the state of depression. We get like the Israelites when our anxiety is through the roof. But tonight we must hold on like the Israelites and continue to pray because God will never leave you nor forsake you. Every plague that God had brought up on the land of Egypt actually confronts a particular Egypt deity. The Egyptian worshipped these false gods and they were idolaters and they worshipped the gods that they had created and they imagined to be gods. The difference between Israel and other nations is that they don't create their gods. Their God creates them. See, other nations, they create their own gods. See, the number 10 is a significant number in biblical numerology. It represents a fullness of quantity. So the 10 Egyptian plagues means completely plagued. The first plague to hit Egypt was the water of the Nile River turning to blood. The Nile River was a life source for Egypt. And so this plague caused absolute disaster across the land. God used Moses and Aaron to bring about this plague. He sent them to the brink of the river Nile where Aaron raised his staff and struck the water, which then turned it into blood. This plague caused all the fish in the water to die and a stream of blood to flow through Egypt. This plague lasted for one whole week. And as I was studying last night, I, I, I was reading about this first plague, and I, I tried to look up a couple different facts and things like that on every single plague that we're going to talk about tonight. There was a couple of them that I could symbolize to the way that we are today. This first plague I, I see as the symbolic to baptism. Because you see, when you get baptized for a new birth, you go down into the water, being fully submerged by it. But when doing so, you take on the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, the blood is applied to your life. The next plague involved Egypt becoming overrun by frogs. This may sound a little off to you guys. In comparison to the river of blood, it was pretty horrific. But you see, Aaron stretched his hand out over the waters of Egypt, and frogs began to swarm throughout the land. The Bible states that they were 
frogs that was going everywhere, covering every single piece of land in sight. Everywhere they went, the Egyptians would meet them everywhere they went. Pharaoh couldn't believe what he was seeing and asked Moses and Aaron to pray to God to take the frogs away. He promised that if the plague was removed, then he would let the Israelites go. So what did God do? God removed the frogs. But you see, Pharaoh didn't hold up to his end of the deal, and the Israelites were kept into slavery. This one here is a little symbolic to the same way that we repent and go right back to the same sins we are doing. Pharaoh asked to have these frogs taken away, but as soon as they were gone, I could imagine him saying, I fooled you guys. But you see, the same way that you come to the altar, we come to the altar in repentance and go right back to the things of this world. You're pretty much saying, I fooled you guys in the church. But what we often forget to remember is just because you don't have these things that are out in front of the people of the church, God knows everything. Due to Pharaoh not keeping his promise, it brings us to the plague of lice. As Aaron struck the dust with his staff, a stream of bugs believed to be either lice or gnats swarmed across Egypt. The people of Egypt were tormented with these bugs, completely unable to escape them no matter where they went. Still, the Pharaoh refused to let the Israelites go. I don't know about you guys, but if I'm in a place that's got lice or bugs, I'm out. The next plague continues in this theme of swarming insects after the Pharaoh refused again to let God's people go free. You see, God sent a plague of flies throughout Egypt. The whole land of Egypt were overrun by these winged insects except for the land of Goshen as this is where the Israelites lived. Anybody in here tonight ever been at a cookout and you're eating and a fly lands on your plate? It's kind of the same way, but it doesn't land on your neighbor's plate. Come on, somebody has to lighten up a little bit in here. But you see, the next plague is of the livestock. Also known as the plague of pestilence, killed all of the domestic animals in Egypt. In biblical times, people's livelihoods would have depended on their animals. So this plague would have been particularly devastating. To add to the Egyptians' grief, they had to watch the Israelites' animals go unhurt while they dug graves for their own. Even still, Pharaoh refused to let the Israelites go. This plague is perhaps the most gory of them all, the sixth plague to fall on Egypt was the plague of boils. As the name suggests, this plague caused the people of Egypt to break out in awful boils all over their bodies. The pain must have been unbearable. And you see, the Egyptians were not the only ones to suffer, as the Egyptian animals were also struck with boils. The Israelites, however, again, were untouched. Next, the plague of hail hit the Egyptian people. And I don't know if you've ever been in a hailstorm, but it's pretty bad. The hail involved in this plague was not like any of the plague that we've seen today. 
The Bible describes the hell that pelted down on Egypt as huge, destructive balls of ice that left no living thing unharmed. Some people were wise enough to at least seek shelter inside, but those who didn't were killed immediately from this hellstorm. But you see, as this hell began to fall down, people ran into shelter. But the people that stayed outside are the people that was killed. So see, sometimes it's the same way the people that repent are the safe ones. Some of the people that are outside is the ones that end up getting killed. But you see, again, the land of Goshen where the Israelites lived was completely untouched. This plague seemed to get through to Pharaoh as we see in Exodus that he sent for Moses and acknowledged his wrongdoings for a second time. The Pharaoh promised to let God's people go if the plague would stop. God stopped the hell, but Pharaoh did not let the Israelites go free. At this point, I could just imagine Moses telling Pharaoh, come on, man, you're just making things a lot worse than it has to be. Moses and Aaron met with Pharaoh to bargain for the Israelites' freedom, but Pharaoh would not budge. Moses warned him that even greater suffering would fall upon Egypt should he continue to disobey God. But his warning fell on deaf ears. The same way that God warns us that we need to repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. Receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, when we don't listen to that, the same way that Pharaoh didn't listen and all the land of Egypt had these plagues upon them, you are putting a plague upon each and every one of your family members. But you see, Moses warned him that either even greater suffering would fall upon Egypt should he continue to disobey God. But his warning fell on deaf ears. Once Moses left Pharaoh's palace, he lifted his arms to heaven, and a wind from the east brought a swarm of locusts into Egypt. It is said that the sheer volume of locusts was so much that the sun was completely blocked out. The insects forged a path of destruction across the land. Again, Pharaoh begged Moses and Aaron to pray for an end to the plague. Moses agreed, and God sent a wind from the west to drive the locust away. However, once the plague was gone, Pharaoh's heart hardened once again, and he refused to let the Israelites go. But you see, the ninth plague cast a cloak of darkness over Egypt. And this darkness lasted for a number of days during this time. The Egyptians trembled in fear as not a glimmer of light could be seen across the land. The Israelites continued on as normal during this time in the land of Goshen where the light still remained. This plague prompted further bargaining from Pharaoh. But he was still not willing to offer the Israelites their freedom.
This plague prompted further things from Pharaoh, and he just was not budging. Moses left their meeting by warning Pharaoh that the final plague that would be the most devastating of all. He informed Pharaoh that at midnight, God would pass over the land of Egypt and kill the firstborn of both humans and animals. And he told Pharaoh that only the Israelite children would be allowed to survive this plague. But again, Pharaoh refused. So it brings us to our last plague as the musicians come tonight. Midnight came, and just as Moses promised, every firstborn in the land of Egypt was killed. This included the firstborn son of Pharaoh. The whole land of Egypt mourned for their lost loved ones. This became known as the Passover, and Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron that night and told the Israelites that they were free to leave. Israel and take the wrath of God with them. The Israelites had been preparing for their quick exit for so many years and they embarked on an exodus out of Egypt immediately. Tonight, I've come tonight to tell you that if you're tired of the plagues of life that are beating you down, and if you're tired of playing games with God, and you're tired of the life you're living, I want you to find a place at this altar tonight because until repentance, the plagues will continue. You see, Pharaoh kept playing games with God on not letting his people go. So God continued the wrath onto Egypt. Until you free yourself from the sin that you're living in, the wrath of God will always be there. But if you read a little bit further into the book of Exodus, after their departure, Pharaoh hardened his heart and sent his army after the Israelites, who were encamped near the Red Sea. The Lord miraculously allowed the children of Israel to pass through the Red Sea on dry ground to escape while the army of Pharaoh was drowned. Repentance is going to lead to a life of God doing the miraculous and keeping you from bondage. As long as you walk with the Lord, tonight I've come to tell somebody, don't be a Pharaoh and harden your heart towards God. He's here to take you out of your bondage and free you into a life of the miraculous. I believe that we've seen a a lot of miracles in this place here lately. And I believe it's because we've had a lot of men and women, saints of God in this place that has repented for their wrongdoings. They've stepped back from the things of this world and they realized that a life living for God is full of blessings, full of trials. But they realize that a life living for God is a lot smarter than a life living for the world. You see, some of us decide that on Tuesday nights, "Ah, it's just Tuesday. 
we're not going. My opinion, I think Tuesday nights are more important than Sundays. The reason I say that is because on Tuesday nights, there's not very many people here. And it's not everybody dancing and shouting and screaming and running. And we're not having a real big Holy Ghost filled service, but on Tuesday nights is where we actually get fed. And I believe tonight that if this fly would leave me alone, I believe tonight that there is somebody in this place that is ready to step out on faith. Just like the preacher said on Sunday, the plague stops with you. As we sing this song, if there's anybody tonight that this message was for, I want you to go ahead and make your way to this altar. Because I know this message definitely hit home for me as I have two children. I have a very lovely wife that I love dearly. I would go to the end in the world for her. I would jump in front of a bullet for her. If you can't tell, I'm trying to get some brownie points tonight so I don't have to sleep on the couch. But more importantly, I have two children, if we all could stand to our feet tonight, that are very young. One is getting ready to be five, and the other one will be two in December. And as I was studying for this message, God told me that it's time for the plague to stop from you. Me and my wife was actually just talking before church about sending our son to preschool. And as a dad, I'm definitely saying no. But as a spiritual man, I'm really saying no. And unfortunately, this world's came to that where we have to say no to our kids even going to preschool. Because the things of this world, it can swarm around you so fast that there's nothing that you can do about it. The devil will attack you from the weakest link in your family. And at one point, I had every single brother in my family sitting in this church. And at one point, I had every single niece and nephew that would sit underneath the sound of my voice tonight. And there's not a single day that I don't think about the nieces and nephews that's not in this place. But you see, I say this tonight to bring you to this. Just because they're not here doesn't mean I get to go around and spread gossip about them. Just because they're not here doesn't mean that I don't love them any different than I love that brother that's standing in this place. And I say that tonight to say that 
I'm not just talking about my natural brothers, my blood brothers. I'm talking about my spiritual brothers, my spiritual sisters, my spiritual nieces, my spiritual nephews. At one point, our Sunday school was busting out the seams. It still is. But we have nursery kids that's getting ready to go pretty much up to the next class, and we won't have any kids in the nursery doesn't mean we're going to shut the nursery class. It just means those teachers get to be a little bit more help in the other classes. But the reason I say this tonight is because I think it's time that we start reaching out to a lost and dying world. I know we've been trying to wait till we get to the new building for outreach to start an outreach program. But just because we don't have an outreach program doesn't mean we, we can't reach somebody on our own. So tonight I want to leave you with this. And I'm going to charge every single person in this place tonight on Sunday, try to bring at least one person with you. Doesn't matter if it's a family member. Doesn't matter if it's a friend, if it's a niece, a nephew, a brother, a sister, your mom, your dad, whichever it is. Because I believe that this world definitely needs the Word of God. This world definitely needs truth preached to them. This world definitely needs somebody that is not going to be scared and and think about their feelings. I'm not saying that you have to deliver it in a harsh way. I'm not saying that you have to deliver it mean. But it's time that we get back to the truth. I love each and every person in this place more than anybody ever knows. This place is definitely home, and my home outside of this place is my second home. If we could all close our eyes tonight, I want you to think of one family member that you you wish that was sitting next to you in this place on every Sunday and every Tuesday. I want you to think of a family member that's lost in this world, a friend that's lost in this world that you don't think that there's any hope for. You think they're too far gone. Well, I come to tell you tonight, friend, that there's nobody that's ever too far gone from the hand of God. So tonight as we sing this song, just sitting in our seats tonight, I want everybody to close your eyes and raise your hands toward heaven. I strongly believe that if you lift up your eyes toward heaven and you open your mouth, that is a quicker way to get to God than putting your head down. Tonight, I want you to reach over and grab the hand of your the person sitting next to you because nobody is in this alone. We're all in this together. Just because we have a family member that's lost doesn't mean that the person sitting next to us is doing all right. We might come in here with smiling faces. We might come in here acting like everything's okay in life. We might come in here thinking that there's nothing in this world that can touch us, but I'm telling you there's somebody in your life that's lost in this world. I love everybody tonight. 
And I want you guys to pray for that family member tonight.